Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim, and we talk about horror movies here on the show. This is going to be about a new horror film. It is a prequel to a spin-off of The Conjuring, <laughs> which is going to have two more spin-offs in the next couple of years. Well, spin-offs to, to the sequel, yeah. Two more. Well, I know the nun. Is there another one? Yeah, the crooked man's also happening. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, I almost forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but there is. I, I have an, uh, a theory about what the next one will be after that. Ah, interesting. Okay, yeah, I can. Uh, I actually think I know where we're going to go with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is going to be Annabelle creation. Now we actually did the first Annabelle last week in preparation mm-hmm. for this. So I'll make sure there's a link in the corner. We do not like Annabelle, first one. <laughs> uh, I, I, me, even more so than Tim, I hate that first one. I despise having to watch that again for the review last week. Uh, however, the the buzz got into this. Uh, just, you know, looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score. And, interesting, by the way, I was sitting waiting for this to start in the, in the theatre, and I could hear some teenage girls a couple of rows behind me. Uh, mm. Maybe they were 15, something like that. Um but they were sitting having a, a good five, ten minute conversation about upcoming films and all of the conversation revolved around the Rotten Tomato scores. And I thought, you know what, it is a different world. Because when I was that age, I would never have heard teenage girls at the same age talking about mm. Rotten Tomato scores. So, mm. <laughs> for the better, I guess. They're actually caring about what's good and what's bad. That's nice. Yeah, that's actually cool. <laughs> but yeah, so Annabelle creation. Uh, so, so it went in with optimism... We- I think we were when we saw those first reviews coming out, uh, and they were really high. We got really excited, and then they dipped a little bit. And I don't know about you, but my excitement kind of—I I guess maybe reached a plateau. Like I, I went from being really excited to then being like, uh, "All right, I'm still excited, but I'm a little trepidatious." I was never excited. I don't think I was ever excited. I think I was like, oh, "Okay, maybe this isn't a turd." And I, I think for me, I was like. Maybe they've pulled a Ouija in the second one. In fact, even that wasn't a sequel, it was a prequel. So it's just funny that in both cases it's a prequel. And amusingly and... enough, yeah, amusingly enough, oh. early, early on in this, I'm like, you know, this, this, this actress playing young Linda here, she looks familiar. She's been in something recently. What was, what was she in? And it was about halfway through the movie where I just went, she was in Ouija too. <laughs> She was the girl on Ouija Origin of Evil. Holy shit, they've even got the same actress as the, the better Ouija movie. What's going on? So. And about the same thing happened for me. It was probably about halfway through or so uh, that I came to the same conclusion. Before that, I kept going, like, where is she from? Was she from, like, one of the other Conjuring movies? I was like, no, she couldn't have been. But you, was she? I, I had the exact same thing, because at one point I was like, was she one of like, the five daughters in the first yeah. one? And then I said, no, wait, she couldn't be, because... She would have been like so young. Like I mean, I know it's only four years, but at the same time, like yeah, you know, when you're that age as a kid, like she would have been like a toddler probably or something like that. Whereas, so I'm like, it can be, and it, it just it dawned on me like halfway through. Holy shit, she's a little girl from the second region movie. Um, so the comparisons just kept on rolling. Uh, and there may be another one as well later when we're talking spoilers. Don't get me wrong; we're spoiler free just now. I'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. Uh, also. Warning, uh, my, one of my cats is on my desk and he's like kind of stretching around and he might start distracting and knocking over mics at any given point. But he's too adorable to just, you know, move him. So so we're just going to love it. We're just going to roll and see how it goes. 
We like cats on this podcast. We do. Uh, right. I mean, you have three cats in your house as well, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> we, we both have three cats in the house. That is just... <laughs> well, we've lost credibility for one thing. I think a lot of people have just turned <laughs> off on that principle alone. So, what is Annabelle Creation? Annabelle Creation is a film about... Well, it's about the Annabelle doll, obviously, but it's about the creation of said Annabelle doll. But we were really curious because we'd forgotten a lot about the first movie when we rewatched it last mm-hmm. week. And we came out of that first one going, wait a minute, they kind of told us how the doll thing started in this. How, like, are they just going to ignore that in this next one? Or what? Like, where's it going to go? Um, and we can't really get to that until spoilers, but th- this one definitely at least starts from scratch where the, the doll is literally created in the opening scene. Like, we see it being built, <laughs> right? So it's definitely the creation of the doll. Um, and then the family who... So the guy who makes it, his family, his daughter uh, dies in an accident uh, in the prologue of the film. And years later, uh, him and his wife are opening up their fairly big sort of house out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's, it's an orphanage. So, so this, this uh, nun and like six girls uh, are coming to live there, orphan girls. They're all coming to live in the house because it's big enough to house them. And I think early on you even just get the sense that maybe this is a way they see of like sort of making up for not having a daughter. Is they like, they want to give someone else something. Um, yeah. So obviously the girls live there, and you know maybe one starts to develop a bit of a relationship with this Annabelle doll that starts sort of like being creepy and you know doing things around the house. And that's kind of it without going into spoilers. And I'm just making sure my cat doesn't knock things off the desk. Okay, so Tim, I'm going to ask the question, which yeah. is very fascinating in this case, given how much we hated the first one. Um, <laughs> did you enjoy Annabelle Creation? Uh, I did. I would uh, I would go as far to say that uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I think I'm going to not go as far to say that I loved it, but... Um, I, I, it's not perfect. Uh, I have a few complaints. Uh, there are some flaws, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I thought the characters were interesting. The story is interesting. It had some, you know, good, uh, you know, legitimate scares and you know, nice creepy atmosphere. And uh, yeah, I left the theater being uh, pretty happy. Okay, okay. I, I liked it obviously more than the first one. It is like night and day. It is much better than the yeah. first one. Um, what is funny is that I actually would compare it even more now that I've seen it to Ouija Origin of Evil and a lot of the problems I had with how that ended I have with this one uh, so the uh, obviously we will we'll go more into it in spoilers, but uh, actually kind of liked the ending to this one. <laughs> um, I did not. Um, there's a certain point where I rolled my eyes and then it lost me for the last like five minutes, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate. And I do think I, I do actually think the movie as a whole kind of gradually declines in the mm-hmm. second half. I think I think the opening strongest and the reason the big difference between this and the first one, you know, beyond just basic directing being better is that I actually like some of the characters. I thought the, the lead two girls who we kind of follow, which is yeah. which is Linda and Janice. Uh, Janice uh, suffering, or had been suffering from polio, uh, and has a crutch and a sort of, uh, like a big leg brace, and she's like hobbling around. Uh, and Linda, who's the girl from Ouija 2, like they have this friendship, they're best friends, and they look out for each other a lot. And then it starts to, over the course of the movie, you, start, you get a sense of who the other girls are as well. And it builds these characters. Like I actually kind of cared, at least for the, the central mm-hmm. two, um, I th- and I think there's some good scares, uh, but I do think as the movie goes on, it starts to dip into some really sort of generic stuff. 
yeah, there's some definite tropes uh, in it, which I, I think is what kind of made me shy away from loving it as opposed yeah. to just thinking like, oh, this is a really good, well-made movie. There was a couple of moments where I counted down to something happening. <laughs> like there was yeah. like a, 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 this happens multiple times in the movie, but there was like certainly one time where I went, okay, the door behind us is going to creak open in three, two, mm-hmm. one, creak. <laughs> and it, it happened. Like I was, it was flawless timing. Uh, so I think it was that. I think another thing for me that always bugs me in these supernatural horror movies, uh, one thing that just takes me out of it is when I see a cloud of black like smoke, like forming and coming through a door or something like that. Oh, um, okay, yeah. There's something about that that just takes me out of like supernatural stuff. It never looks like real. <laughs> like no, the, I, 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 I don't shit, think yeah. of yeah they maybe it might be interesting if they can find a way to actually make it look nice, but. It's always the most CGI thing especially in these movies. Especially in a movie like this, when so much of it is about it's creepy because the doll doesn't move when you're looking at it, but then it'll, you know, when you turn back around, it'll be there. So, like, when it's focused on stuff like that, um, and there's another thing that does that with as well later on in the movie, that I, like, that was when it was kind of working for me. That was when it was, like, doing stuff effectively. Um, you, you know what's kind of funny? One of the biggest reactions in the theater was just a real simple scene of just like Annabelle's on the bed cut to the characters talking. They look back. Annabelle has her head turned like just a, a simple scene like that. I actually got one of the biggest reactions uh, of what hmm. the crowd I went to see it with. It makes a lot of sense. I think that's when it's most effective. I think when it starts doing too much, and I think this is true for a lot of supernatural stuff is when it, if, if it, when it keeps it simple, it's scarier when it starts adding in lots, all these effects and it starts adding in like, uh, too much stuff. That's when it starts to feel a bit yeah. overburdened, and it starts to feel a little bit less interesting. Um, like I say, I think the characters are the biggest asset in this. I think having these girls kind of maintain the entire movie on their own. They're the lead characters. They they and it's them being kind of scared about things and them discovering things. And given as a lead character who is uh, who is I mean literally handicapped, but you know in the sense that they're more vulnerable than normal. But and a kid is already vulnerable, so. You add all that in, and it that adds up. Yeah, uh, almost uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, Insidious Three. Um, mm, yeah. Now, uh, also another thing that I kind of liked about it is there's a lot going on. Like there are, you know, the main two girls, um, and they kind of each have like their experiences. But you know, some of the other characters get like their own experiences as well. And then you also have like some weird stuff going on with. Um, you know the two people that own the house, uh, the Mullins, um, yeah. which, which I, I liked a lot, um, especially kind of the weird, vague creepiness of what's going on. The mother, you don't know like what her deal is throughout most of the movie. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they, and, they, um, keep, they keep her a mystery, which is not bad. I and like you say, the girls, they kind of they don't flesh out the others as much. Like I, I think the two main girls we get the most of, obviously, and then the yeah. two oldest girls who are teenagers, uh, we get more of them than we do the final two, who are like the middle-aged ones. Um, and I get why that's the case, because the youngest ones, they're the most vulnerable, then the oldest ones, that works quite effective as well, because when they get scared, it's like, okay, you know shit's getting real, because they're not getting scared for stupid little things. They're getting scared because yeah. stuff's actually happening. Uh, and that works That works well. Um, but yeah, I just like they kind of made it a little more like a fleshed out. It's not just, oh, one thing's happening to this one character, and everyone thinks she's crazy, you know? Yeah, I, I appreciate that they, they avoided that, actually. There, was, there wasn't very much, um, oh, that one person who's been seeing things is crazy. Everyone else is going to act like she's weird. 
uh, yeah. stuff. Like they kind of avoided that trope, which I really appreciated. Another thing that I really appreciated was that the movie did a good job of often setting up something. Uh, like for example, it sets up this this chair that goes up the stairs. For, oh, yeah. for the injured girl, and it it, it sets up like it's early on. It's like okay, it goes up and down, and you have to buckle it, but or it won't move. And you know, as soon as they said that, I'm like, okay, that's going to come out of play later. And it did come out of play later, and that was fun. Same with um, was this like gun thing? It's just a ball, and it, the string oh. pulls it back in. Oh, like, right. again, they set that up, and then they use it later. There's a lot of setup and payoff, which I appreciate. It felt like things were being thought of, which is good. What I liked is uh, there is some definite stuff where like. Uh, Oh, I you obviously know this is going to come into play later. Like there's a, you know, like a dumb waiter uh, that they focus on for a bit, and I'm like, all right, I'm sure that'll have you know some significance at some point. But then there's also a few things that uh, surprised me that came back um, mm. that I was like, oh, I, I wasn't really expecting that. Like one of the, um, uh, maybe let's say like uh, creatures or, or something that that comes out at some point. I didn't. Uh, like I, I when I when you first see it in the movie, I didn't think like, oh, we'll see that later. Yeah, okay, okay, that's yeah. what you're saying. But again, there's a lot of tropes though that kind of spoil a few of these things. Like you mentioned, the dumbwaiter. When we're introduced to the dumbwaiter, it does the oh, it opens on its own, and she goes to shut it, and it's fine, and it opens again, and it's like, okay, <laughs> I get it. Okay, supernatural horror movie one hundred and one, and it just felt like as much as it was doing these smart things, it, it did have these cliches and these tropes peppered throughout it as well. It was kind of fighting with itself. And it's interesting, because obviously this comes from, uh, uh, what's his name, Sandberg, David F. Sandberg, who directed Lights Out, uh, that we did last year. We saw that, we talked about it. I'll make sure there's a link to that as well, in the corner. And um, basically, that was a movie that we thought had a lot of potential, and we liked it to a point, but we thought it, it didn't live up to its expectations in the second half. Like we, we, you know, we thought it was setting up all this stuff in the third act. We, we our minds were racing with, oh, this is what they might do in the, you know, the end with all this stuff to set up all these rules. And I love rules. People know me, love that. Know that in horror movies, I love rules, especially when it comes to supernatural. Set up the rules, stick to them, and give your characters a fighting chance. Uh, sometimes, if it feels like the 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 demon or the ghost or whatever can just do anything at once and there's no rules, I feel like well, I'm not that invested because it feels yeah. like the characters don't have a you know they need to have something that they can actually fight. If it's a tangible thing they can do to maybe survive, it's a lot more you get a lot more into it. Um, yeah, and you want to you want to actually have someone to root for, like even yeah. though you know we like horror and stuff, like you don't just always want to see the bad guy win and just you know kill a ton of people and then all right we're done yeah at least not most uh and so compared to like so i actually feel very similar at least in terms of the overall like product where i'm like okay i like a lot of what this has done i probably like this a bit more than like so to be give it to be fair to it like i think this is maybe a a little bit stronger but i think they both have that they both left me with that overall feeling of oh that was pretty good the guy definitely knows what he's doing up to a point but it just kind of misses the mark from being great or are really good like you know like you said you like this quite a bit for me i'm more in a i'm verging on quite liking it but i'm not fully there so uh i one big concern uh that i did have coming out of this movie um was you know do you know you ever get that feeling like if you see a a marvel movie and like sometimes it's good but you go and you're like well that was a marvel movie Mm -hmm. like I, I'm kind of starting to feel this like I, I liked it a lot, but it felt very similar to The Conjuring, and I'm kind of wondering like, are all these spinoffs gonna have you know this 
same kind of feel. Which, which yeah, like I, I kind of, I mean, I would even necessarily say just, I mean, it's kind of similar to The Conjuring, but I would just go as far as say all the sort of supernatural movies we've had in the last decade, because that seems to be the current uh, big thing we're getting a lot of. Uh, and it's oh my cat's knocking things down already <laughs> jesus christ cat you are the worst so yeah so, so we have all these supernatural movies and i was kind of feeling and that's that's what i'm saying about the, the doors slamming and things like that where i'm yeah. like okay i'm like we've had so many of these movies in the last like five ten years that i'm kind of getting bored of these these little tricks like i'm getting so used to them and that that Marvel comparison is quite good because it is kind of kind of the same feeling where you know eventually you're like okay it was yeah it was fine it was well done but it was a Marvel movie and it's kind of the same thing here, and um, yeah. I would hope at least with the others that you know at least the nun like, it's just a creepy nun ghost and that's it like so at least okay I'm expecting a ghost movie with Annabelle one of the big complaints we had with the first one is that despite the fact that it's supposed to be about the doll it would just play like a ghost movie there was never really like the doll hardly factored into it. Here it kind of was fifty fifty, where they did use the doll a lot more. They did some good creepy stuff with the doll, but at the same time they did keep uh, the the mythology that they established in the first Annabelle, where there is this demon around it, um, and we see it doing some other random stuff as well. And you yeah. know, fifty fifty. So it's better, Which, uh, but not all there. Yeah, uh, in this case, I. I didn't mind that that much just because we kind of did have a little bit of a precedent, you know, with the other movies. So I wasn't really expecting like a, you know, a Chucky version of Annabelle or something. Um, but I, I did like that, you know, it it did actually have a purpose and explained like reasons for kind of what's going on and what stuff that's happening for the most part. I just I just think it's a shame that like half of it is just ghost movie. Like that thing with the door slamming shut to use, keep going back to that trope. <laughs> really that shouldn't be in an annabelle movie really mm-hmm. like you know like it, it's kind of a shame when you're a spin-off of a ghost movie and in the ghost movie you're a spin-off of like annabelle's bit was unique because it was about the doll like doing stuff when you weren't looking and then to do a spin-off and then just have it do regular ghost stuff that doesn't necessarily even have to involve the doll just kind of feels a bit like well what was the point like just do conjuring three and four yeah. and five <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's definitely a legitimate concern. I think it might have bothered me more if um, it was handled worse. Like, because I, uh, I, I think the point in this movie is, or a point that you can make is, sure, maybe this ghost stuff isn't what I wanted, but at the same time, I thought it was like handled well. Oh, it was handled, like, as opposed to the first movie yeah, where <laughs> it was handled way better than the first one. Like, that's that's the thing. Like you don't complain as much when it's actually kind of good. Like that's you yeah. know maybe it's a lot easier to swallow. But I still think it's a bit disappointing, especially since I think with the nun and the crooked man, they're more likely to just be straight ghost stories. I mean, sure they have cool yeah. looks, but like what are they actually going to do that makes the plot different? That's what I'm curious about. Um, yeah, and, I, and they might very well be, but I can also just see them feeling the same thing, and it's like. Well, yeah. I mean, they're just more ghost stories, and it's not like the Conjuring series is the only ghost stories I were getting either. Like, you know, we've had quite a few, like, like I said, in the last yeah. few years. So, yeah, that's just yeah, kind of the concern I'm getting at. Where you know, I'll still always see these movies. Uh, I'll be excited when I see them, but um, you know, it's just going to keep being diminishing returns. Like, you know, I really, really liked Conjuring too when I came out of theaters. Oh man, that was awesome! And then. You know, if every movie is going to be like that, you know, eventually we're going to get to the point where maybe the movies will still be good, but you leave the theater going like, 
oh, all right, well, you know, did that. Cool. Yeah, it was another one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, and which, just for the record, I do really, uh, I love the Marvel movies, but every, every now and again, yeah, you kind of get that, you know, fatigued feeling. <laughs> so I guess with that, we'll go into spoilers. So full spoilers from this point on for uh, Annabelle creation. Uh, I will say the movie started really strongly because uh, I love like this is going to sound sick, but I actually love the daughter being hit by the the truck. Like I, I didn't I, see it coming. <laughs> I, I thought it was really well handled. Like it yeah. looked because it was like it just cut away at the last moment before she gets hit. But obviously, obviously, there's some trickery. They didn't actually send the girl running out in front of a truck, but it looked like it, it really looked <laughs> yeah. like a girl just running out in front of a truck in that shot, and then it cuts yeah. to the title. Uh, yeah. And it's just it, it was really good. So I and, appreciate the opening. And I feel like a lot of times uh, you can kind of see it coming in movies. A lot of times it'll be people driving and. You know, things will be like going so well that you're like, they're going to get hit by a car, <laughs> aren't mm. they? Uh, this is like the first time in a movie I, I feel like where I definitely didn't see it coming. Um, I want to dispute that and say I, I feel like I remember the uh, the car accident at the start of the Changeling being very unexpected. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's from the, like, what, 70s? Was that? Uh, 70s. I think it was 1980, specifically. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I was meaning more in like modern <laughs> movies. I, I feel like okay. it's kind of like a, I don't know. Um, you just get like a sense. There's like a certain maybe it's like an angle or <laughs> the way people are acting when they're in a car now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so here's what's interesting. I think when you first meet the two girls, right, and they're on the bus going to the the orphanage, the house, and it really feels like it is going to be Linda's movie. Like Linda's the main character. Because we sort of start on her and she's kind of nervous. And then Janice like helps her out and like sort of like reassures her. And is like, yeah, yeah, we'll be together. If, we'll, if one of us gets adopted, the other will be adopted too. We'll, you know, we'll only be adopted if we're adopted as a pair. And we can be sisters. And, you know, it's kind of sweet and whatnot. But then the movie does very much feel like it's Janice's movie. It shifts to her. And for the mm-hmm. first half of the movie, it is hers. But then, of course, there's a moment and about halfway through, or maybe just over halfway through, where she's possessed and she is mm-hmm. now evil. And it shifts back to Linda, and Linda becomes the main character. And I thought that was I thought that was an interesting thing because it was like you kind of made me care about both of them early on. Yeah. So when once something bad happened to Janice, it's like you actually kind of did care about Linda trying to like fix it and survive afterwards. So that, that was that, that was an interesting technique. Like I I feel like I've not seen that as much in movies where it shifts protagonists like halfway through, but it, yeah. it did so. And uh, I like in the opening scene with them on the bus, it's a nice setup for maybe one of the best <laughs> lines towards the end of the movie when they're playing with their dolls. And she says, like, oh, you know what I like about your doll is it looks just like you. And then it's really nice payoff for later towards the end. Hmm. But why is that a payoff? <laughs> because once uh, Janice is possessed and she's just stabbing <laughs> the doll in the face, uh she goes, oh, you know what I like about this doll is it looks just like you. But then at that point, it's all messed up. Mm. I just thought it was a nice little setup and callback. So let me guess what you think the next spinoff's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's, is, oh, wait, I'll let you guess. <laughs> does it have anything to do with the Scarecrow? Oh, it's got to be. <laughs> I, I Like, as soon as that started coming like to life, um, and, and like I said earlier, um, you know, when they first show it, uh, I thought, oh, that's a that was kind of interesting, but uh, I was surprised I didn't, you know, think it, it would come to life later. Um, here's, here's a problem I have with this, though, right? Not, not so much in and of itself, because obviously, right, so it's the same demon, right, that was uh, controlling the doll 
then mm-hmm. controls this this uh, scarecrow and then sort of comes out of the scarecrow. Um, in the movie though, this happens at the same like it intercuts from that to the doll also chasing Linda, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wait a minute, do, can can the demon be in two places at once? Is it doing two things at once? I mean, possibly. It's, I don't know. I just, I, it stuck out to me as feeling a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, I just assume that this is like a super, you know, powerful <laughs> demon that can do a lot of things. I, I didn't question it that much. I, yeah. I see what you mean, though. No, because I, I, I think it was when we got the like the big flashback dump explaining mm-hmm. where Annabelle comes from, uh, like where, where the doll came from and how it ended up with a demon inside it and all the rest of it. And it's you know it's, uh, the parents try to like you know do some you know just do like a seance to try and like contact their yeah. daughter after the after she died, it ended up being a demon and the demon get in the house and so on and so forth. Um, they're like uh, they're very religious. They, you see them at church, uh, but then you know they say at, at some point like uh, oh we prayed to anything that would you know give mm, us contact with her. Yeah, and you're yeah. like ah. Okay. And they think it's the daughter at first. And then it, you know, and I actually had kind of like the idea that for a little while the house was haunted, and they'd see her, see their daughter running around occasionally. Oh yeah, but it was like they they liked it. They thought it was a good thing. They were like, oh, our daughter's kind of here in spirit, yeah. and it was. And it and it kind of mirrors like you know the little five minute prologue or whatever you see in the first Conjuring movie, where you know it kind of tricks those students into being like, hey, I'm just you know the lost soul of this little girl, and I'm friendly and stuff. Yeah, and uh, mm. it's talking about setting things up and paying it off. In the opening scene, it sets up that the, the little girl that died uh, left notes for her, her dad, oh, yeah. saying, oh, uh, like, you know, come, great. come find me." And then, like later on, it's you know, she leaves one saying, "Found you." And like you know, obviously the ghost, you know, the doll starts leaving those notes around, and mm. it's very effective. Uh, I do think the, uh, the two little girls, uh, Linda and Janice, I thought they were both quite good. Like, yeah. they, they were both good actresses. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, performances were quite good. Uh, they were annoying. They were likable, and to be fair, uh, the, the actress, uh, what's her name, Lulu Wilson, who plays Linda, she was good in Ouija as well. So, oh yeah, right. I suppose it shouldn't be a surprise. But uh, they were pretty good. Interestingly, the father, uh, uh, Mullins, what's his name, Samuel Mullins, uh, that is Anthony uh, Lapigula, who uh, who was the drunk uh, brother of Daphne on Frasier, which is all I could think about every time I looked at him. Oh. It took, oh, me a little, wow, <laughs> it, it took me a little bit because he had the, he had the beard in this. He didn't he didn't, yeah. he didn't used to have a beard, but once I once I clocked it, I was like, oh, all I can <laughs> think about now is you being drunk and having an English accent. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, you're right. I uh, I couldn't tell if the nun had an accent or not. It kind of seemed like she kind of slipped into one every now and again. I think uh, she was supposed to, but the actress was probably American, and it was. Yeah. It was going back yeah. and forth a little bit. Yeah, I I feel bad, but she was the only one in the movie that kind of thought, well, like, ah, she's not <laughs> the best. Like everyone else, I yeah, I thought was pretty good, but uh, yeah, she was she, she was okay. It was she's not horrible. It was whatever. All right, so let's talk um, about how. Well, while we're on this subject, let's can we talk about the little nun <laughs> cameo real quick? The little nun. Yeah, when uh, he's looking at the picture frame. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now, <laughs> before we talk about how effective this is, I do actually want to say I really liked how this was filmed. Mm-hmm. Because they did this thing where she's showing a photo of her and, like, three of her, her fellow nuns or sisters uh, at this monastery or whatever in, like, you know, 
other country she said she was in, I can't yeah. remember. Um, but it was this secluded place where none of the people who were there really seen the, the you know, the civilized world. They they all stuck to the to this place. And she's like, Oh that that was so and so, that was so and she names the three of them. And then he says, And who's that? And he points to like the other side of the photo. And you don't really see anything there, it just looks like darkness. And then he tilts it just enough that you see the eyes. Yeah. And you're like, Oh shit, there's a there's a fifth nun. Um <laughs> And she's like, "Oh, I don't know who that is. Never met. Her. Never really spoke to her." And then I'm like, "Ah, very good, very good." Yeah. Actually, there was a couple of moments like that where it did some really nice tricks with light, where you couldn't see something until it was tilted just the right way, and then you could see who it was or what there was something there or so on. Yeah, the only problem, good. like, I, I think it's a cool scene because I, I I do like that. You know, this is one big connected universe and everything. The only thing that drove me crazy about it is. This nun is so creepy. Like, like your reaction is just like, "Oh, who's that?" Like, wouldn't you be like, "Oh my god!" Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Like, everyone's just so nonchalant about, it. like, "Oh yeah, I don't know." I think, I think my problem with it. I mean, I like the scene in and of itself because I think it's creepy and it's well done. Like the way the, yeah. the light trick pulls trip your eyes. Uh, my my problem with it is that it's really feeling coincidental that. The nun is like everything is like yeah, like everything kind of intertwines and like different people yeah. from all these different movies have all kind of encountered the same things. And that's why I want like, to talk. I want to talk about the ending, right? I want to talk about how okay. this connects to the first one. So, so Janice is possessed, right? And the, the showdown happens. Uh, there's a fire and everything else, and th- there's a hole in the wall though when they go to look for her, and she's not there, and they they can't find her. And we we skip we skip ahead. And it's this orphanage, and then you see the backs of the people going into the into the orphanage, and I'm like, I know who this is. These bastards. They're going to connect it. These absolute <laughs> assholes. And see, my eyes. I'm kind of glad that we rewatched the first one because I don't know if I would have recognized. Them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Have. I, I I remember when it got to the very end, and it like links up. Yeah. The, the scenes that I got it, but so. So they go in and they speak to the little girl, and obviously there's a big moment because the, the 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 couple's daughter died. They keep calling her B, right? And you're thinking, okay, B, fine. And I was thinking, okay, well, if this still connects to the the, the first one, and they're not ignoring it, then technically it wouldn't get the name Annabelle until this Annabelle chick, like, because like, mm-hmm. halfway through the movie, I was thinking, all right, the demon was already in the doll, so maybe this cultish chick Annabelle in the, the first movie just added herself to it, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, she just added herself. Uh, in there so that goes on that goes on it's fine gets to the end right we find out that the daughter's actual name was Annabelle and I went okay this is <laughs> coincidental that this girl yeah. was called Annabelle and then another girl called Annabelle ended up encountering <laughs> this doll and you're going wait a minute Peter they explain this they do but at least it's another massive coincidence so stay with me <laughs> okay so so they adopt this. They adopt Janice, but when they go into the, the orphanage, they say, "Oh, what's your name?" And they give her a doll and all the rest of it. And she's like, "Oh, I'm Annabelle." She's taking the name Annabelle, right? Okay, fine. Which makes sense because she's possessed. Right? Sure, sure. I'm not, uh, this is not a part of the dispute. And okay. it cuts to like a family photo of like them. And this is the couple from the first movie who die early on. And it cuts to a photo like on a mantelpiece or whatever is them as a family with the girl. And then the camera starts panning. It basically shows the girl growing up, right? And eventually you get to the, you know, 20-something long hair. And of course, like, I barely remember what the girl in the first one looks like. But I, I get where it's going. Like, I get, okay, so this girl is Annabelle. 
<laughs> and it gets to that that moment where like they get murdered and it's like a, the daughter comes back and like the, the other guy's there as well and it ki- links up to that scene in the first movie and the final shot is actually the boyfriend you know the you know stock photo man uh, coming across <laughs> the street or across to the house to check on them that's the final shot mm-hmm. so here's my problem with this here's my my giant coincidence thing that i do not like here. is can i take a guess go on <laughs> is it that the um the main character from the first movie just happened to get an Annabelle doll. The exact Annabelle doll, yes. <laughs> so, so, so Annabelle from next door runs into the the house, and the the doll there's a doll there. Like she there's there's this doll that was already like, and it's like, okay, was the demon outside of the doll because it was with her this whole time, and then she put it back into the doll in the first movie. Uh, that's a that's a great question. I don't know. Um, because if so, it's very coincidental. And here's here's my thing, right? This is what kind of why I wish I just, I just ignored this the first movie because it feels so convoluted because they had to justify having another prequel that they had to kind of write it in, and tie it into the end, and it feels so forced that let's say the spirit did leave the doll and then. She happened to find the doll just by accident years later because it was next door to her parents' house, and put the demon back in the doll. Mm-hmm. That's super convoluted. It's bullshit. It's well, terrible writing. Well, well, actually, I, I disagree with that. Uh, no, it's terrible, Tim. You're not going to convince no. me. But go on. What were you going to say? No, actually, I think it's very smart to, that they actually found a way to tie this together. Like I like. They didn't have to, but I think it actually makes sense, everything that happened. But now, if you think about it, though... What? Go on. No, continue. You finish your point. Well, think about it. Okay, in the beginning, so, like, the dude makes dolls. He's a doll maker. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Mullins. And you see him making the Annabelle doll, and he puts, like, a number on the back. It's, like, one of something. 100. Okay. So, it's not out of uh, the ordinary that this doll exists this is a doll in the world then you have uh the main character in the first one who is a doll collector so what i'm thinking is you know she gets that same type of doll and then you have you know the possessed janice slash annabelle you know as an adult is in her room and she probably just comes across that doll it has some type of resonance with her so that's why she like picks it up and then that's why, you know, when you see her in the first movie, she's holding it and she kind of looks like transfixed by it as a po- as for like how her essence or whatever gets into the doll again that I, I don't know. I'll blame that on the first movie for being uh, shitty. <laughs> but I think like actually finding reasons for all like that setup and for it to actually lead in the first one. Uh, I think it was pretty hard to do, but they probably found the best way, I feel like, of doing that without just, you know, completely ignoring it. So I actually applaud them for that. Bullshit. Absolute <laughs> bullshit. They, they, they shouldn't have even tried. This is the problem. In order to make it fit, they had to put like the wrong jigsaw piece in the, the slot that it didn't fit, right? So they had to do all this intertwining no. bullshit to make <laughs> it work. But if they didn't do that, then people would have been like, 
well, I don't get how, why is it not like the first movie? Where does that come in? Blah, blah, blah. You would have been making the, you know, dumb complaints like that if they didn't try to justify it. I was saying last week they should probably ignore it. That was, I think that was the best thing they could have done. You say that, but then if they did, you probably, you would have complained. Or if not you, I'll give you the benefit of a doubt. But then tons of nerds on the internet would have been upset and confused. So I I think they had I think you're overestimating the fan base for the first Annabelle movie. Just a little (laughs) bit here, Tim. Just a little bit. Not fans of like, I think people are more fans of like continuity and stuff than they are like, specifically annabelle i i bet a lot of people would have had problems with it and i think it is a good solution that they came up with i was happy with it it's a solution they had to come up with because they already backed themselves into a stupid corner and that's why almost like there's almost nothing they could have done that was going to work i don't think and that this just feels so convoluted it feels it's too reliant on coincidence i'm not really concerned about how the the spirit gets back into the doll because even in the first movie i think it's just implied that oh she's an occultist she like you know does a little ritual and because at, at that point in the first movie you think it's just random you think it's just random she's picked this doll because it's one that's there and she puts yeah. her puts her soul in it and you think that's what it is so but now i'm left with the question was the demon always in the doll or did it leave with with her and was with her all these years and come back with her, then just go back into it when she did the ritual or or whatever like I'm not sure, and but the fact that she goes next door and there's one there, and okay, you could argue it's like demonic destiny that there happens to be an Annabelle next mm-hmm. door. Is it the same doll? I think it has to be because it kind of dilutes the whole franchise if there was another doll and then it switched to a new one, <laughs> especially since because you know the whole big thing in the Conjuring is that oh, this doll's so evil that it has to be blessed like twice a week by a priest and all the rest of it. It's in the glass case, and like I, I think if you're saying oh it was in an old doll first, but that doll's okay now. Like, it, it kind of dilutes the whole well, backstory. I mean, I, I think we find from the movies, though, that it's not the doll, it's this demonic entity. And this demonic entity can obviously, you know, switch between different things because it goes from the doll into, uh, you know, uh, Janice. So I, I don't think that's a, a stretch at all. <laughs> not a stretch, but is it satisfying? <laughs> For me, it was. It, I I actually was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Because this is the thing, you're saying that the ending, oh, it's actually quite impressive that it links up, and I'm like, okay, it links up, all all the cables connect to another point on the map, sure. But that's not the same as it being satisfying, which I think is the difference here, is I'm not satisfied with this explanation. For me, this just feels clunky, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, we had to make this fit, so let's just wrangle it so it does. I don't, for me, I, I was satisfied. I, <laughs> I got a big grin on my face, I was like, oh, they... This was smart. I like this. <laughs> smart. Don't you dare. Shut your goddamn mouth. I think it is smart because I, I think that was a, a really – like you said, they backed themselves in a corner and I think they actually came up with a solution that – you know, I'm sorry if you don't get it, but to me it makes sense. <laughs> see, no, see, here's the smartest thing they could have done, right? And this would have completely worked, right? At the end of the movie, you just have it end whoever you want it to end, but no one knows where the doll went. And that way, it still works with the, with the first movie if you want it to. But if you wanted to ignore the first one, you could also just ignore it and just in your head, like the doll just went from there to the the woman who buys it for her or nurse daughter person in the in the conjuring. Like See, it, it would have worked either way. Whereas, but no, they had to do it. They had to be at the end, like ah, wink, wink. We this all connects to the first one. 
No, I don't think that. I don't think that would be satisfying though, because then you're like, well, what the hell happened? <laughs> Where did the doll go? How did it end up uh, at these other people's places? No, that's exactly the point, Tim. They over-explained it. That, that's that's what would make it work. Mystery. It's what you don't see that makes it scarier. I don't think you need mystery in in this case. I think since you're talking about the whole point of prequels is that <laughs> you're explaining stuff. And See, that's why I hate prequels, I though. Can... Prequels suck for that reason, because you over-explain things that didn't need explaining. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of prequels either, but this... Star uh, Wars prequels, I... shitty. Lord of the Rings prequels, shitty. Although I think Lord of the Rings itself is pretty shitty, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, other prequels, <laughs> shitty. There's lots of them. Yeah. They're all shit. Except, except Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is absolutely spectacular, but mm-hmm. exception, not the rule. But I mean, I I don't know, I didn't have a problem with it. I'm sorry you did, but I liked it. <laughs> I hated the ending. The ending, especially <laughs> since you know it cuts to the thing. And you see the, the the couple from the first movie waking up as the you know as the parents are dying, and I'm like, don't remind me of the terrible first movie. That is the worst possible thing you could do right now. Like this is the thing. <laughs> if I really liked the first movie, it'd be kind of maybe, maybe it would be exciting because it's like oh this is how it links up. But all I'm like no, you're just linking up to this terrible movie. Like instead of letting this one stand on its own. Kind of like Ouija too, Ouija Origin of Evil. You're you're ham fisting it into the other one, and it bugged me. So, but let's get off this, right? But I think we've, we've made our points. Um, well, just uh, well, real quick, one last thing to add to that, though. Uh, it was nice mm-hmm. they had a little nod to the you know real life uh, Annabelle, which is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Uh, they give her one at the end, which is ah, cool. okay. That's fair. I'll accept that. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> um. So you know you had you had the various moments. You know, was the whole like the, when we talk about the scarecrow scene, that was one of the teenage girls who is like mm-hmm. trapped in there with that. And there's a lot of things, and uh, that that scene was quite effective. I, I mean, I do have to admit, like I was a little disappointed with again the bending of the rules because mm-hmm. you know the whole thing is the demon. Because I always get the impression the demons like can, you know moving the doll around and the demons you know moving the scarecrow around quite you know in a similar fashion, right? Which is why I don't know if we're going to get a scarecrow spin-off because it was the same demon. Like you'd have to. True, like you know, like if the whole thing was that that it's the same demon who's just controlling it, so you yeah. know, whatever. I mean, to, to be fair though, like I wouldn't have thought that you know we would have gotten a a nun spinoff or a crooked man spinoff. Um, so I, I'm I'm not going off on like stuff oh, that sure. makes sense. I'm going off on stuff like oh, this was like a kind of uh, a specific creature that if they wanted to do more of these movies, that would probably be the one they choose. Oh, but that's my point, though. It's not a specific... Like, the, the nun and the rag, uh, the crooked man, they were both, like, in d- like different spirits, whereas this is just the same demon as the Annabelle doll. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, the demon, though. Like, the... Like, look-wise, it's, like, something you can pinpoint in the movie as opposed to, you know, you, you can't make a spin-off about a door closing on its own. You know what I mean? It's like if there's oh, a sh- sure, if, you know, if there's a tangible thing you can extract from this movie. At the bad. risk of sending you into a flaming rage, though, I'm going to counter <laughs> that with saying, in order to do that, they'd have to have a really convoluted explanation as to why <laughs> this is happening, and that will probably annoy the show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I welcome more of these movies. Uh, so I'll, I, I think kind of the fun of doing something like that would be to see how they get away with it, and I, I hope it's good. But that's that's fair. <laughs> I, um, but like I said, it was bending its rules because the, the demons controlling the scarecrow, and you see it kind of crawling around the scarecrow. 
but the light's kind of like unscrewing itself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, the demon's down there. Can it also telepathically do things? Like, and I, I know you're like, people are like, but why do you need it to be so defined? And I'm like, to make it different, I guess. Like, because in the conjuring, like those ghosts could basically basically do whatever they wanted, right? Like a lot of ghost movies. And I, I think from like a spin-off, like I kind of hope that there's more defined rules. Um, and with Annabelle, yeah. I felt like there was like, the, the bit with the sheet at the start was, you know, not the start, but like you know, the first time we oh, see right. her, yeah. and like the, she, you know, the girl throws the sheet over it, mm-hmm. and then in the background it gets up. And I, I'll always love that. Like I'm a sucker for uh, like someone's in the background and it starts moving, kind of thing. Like I always yeah. love something in the background. I, I like that stuff, especially when it's quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. Which would be, maybe my other complaint is that a lot of the times when there was scares. The music would do the you know the da da kind of moment, loud yeah. sting kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't need that. It's, it's, horror films are typically more scary when it's quiet, silent. Oh, definitely. Yeah, let the fear speak for itself. So, yeah. um, there was there was a, a few really good ones. Uh, one of my favorite scares actually, and you know this is another nice you don't really see a lot, but um, when. Uh, Linda is scared and she like you know runs she they have bunk beds and like she runs to the, the her top bunk and then she's kind of you know just mm. like hiding her face in the pillow and then uh you don't see anything it stays on her but you just see like the whole bed kind of shake because something jumped into the you know bunk below yeah and you know something's there but we're up top yeah. and again this is something smart in the direction it's all from her perspective you never just get a wide shot of the bed um but you see it, her, it's not saw, overdone like it's not like oh like an earthquake like no, I wouldn't even call it yeah. shaking. It's just a, it's just yeah. the, the the simple little jolt that you would feel if someone jumped onto yeah. the bottom bunk. Um, but it's the camera stays up there with her, and it's all from her perspective. And she she looks down the side of the bed, the, the, the wall side, and just sees yeah. the doll looking up at her before the, the demon hand that like, comes over the face and pulls it back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, most of that are good. Like I was like, I mean, I don't want to sound too negative on the movie because I actually think it's relatively solid. It's yeah. just it's a, it's a mixture of. For me, crapping out at the end, going a little bit generic with what it's doing with the ghost stuff, um, and just kind of being a bit, a little bit sick of the supernatural yeah. movies we've been getting for the last few years. It, it, it kind of just it's all those things added for me. Where for me, it's amounting to more of a. It was pretty decent. Like I, I can't yeah. really complain about it too much outside of the ending, which I do have a problem with. So, but well, we we can switch roles for a quick here because I do have a few complaints. Oh, go that... on, fire them away. <laughs> uh so one thing i had uh do you think that the demon had the power to make people not hear other people scream because there was like a couple of instances where i'm Mm -hmm. like why is no one coming to help this girl specifically when you know she gets wheeled into the barn yeah yeah Yeah. that's that that (laughs) is that's fair like there's also moments where it, it kind of plays with time a little bit. Like when she first goes up the 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 the, the lift, the escalator on the on the stairs, and she gets to the top, and there's a good like solid minute of her looking around and being creeped out by the, the hallways and stuff. And then then because the rest of them at the bottom of the stairs, they they just they were down there and pressed the button for her. And then they eventually come up the stairs, and it's like, well, how, were you just standing yeah. around down there, like looking up, and going, "Oh, look at her go up the top." We'll just wait for a minute, let her enjoy the the rise. You can start walking just after she started moving, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was a little weird. Uh, now, and another complaint I had, um, and I'd be interested to see if you had this too. But uh, once Janice was uh, possessed, I had like a a couple of 
times when I had trouble like hearing her because there were a couple lines that she said and that I, I couldn't make out because she's you know she's kind of talking like a, a little low and slow and um, I don't yeah. know, maybe maybe I'm hard of hearing maybe it was the theater but um, I, I missed a few lines I, no I think so I think maybe the point is she's, she's kind of intentionally being obtuse with what she's saying yeah. so maybe, maybe it's not important that you didn't hear the exact lines I'm not really sure I'd have to look at it again to really uh, it was just a few times, but like it, it stood out to me as being like, "Oh, well, what the heck did she just say?" Um, and then, probably my last complaint, um, and maybe I just need to go watch it again. But the the end where you know, um, like Linda's hiding in the closet and Janice is coming after her, and then. Um, you know, the sister Charlotte comes and, you know, they basically, you know, trap her and push her in the closet. Uh, I, I thought that whole last scene, um, it, it was just filmed kind of weird where, like, I couldn't exactly tell what was going on. Because at first I thought that she stabbed sister Charlotte, um, but I guess she stabbed Annabelle. But then, I, I don't know, just something about the way it was directed. It, it just looked, like, weird. Maybe it was too quick, like cutting between stuff I, I don't know if that stood out to you at all or a little bit i, I do think the movie does, like i say it kind of slowly declines a little bit like when, when once we get the exposition dump there's some good stuff where it's coming between the scares with the scarecrow and stuff in the house uh but the final sequence and then like the police coming to like find everything and all that a lot of that i feel like kind of just like by the numbers it was like okay this is we need to end it now so we'll have the yeah. typical scenes of ours there was no real creative creativity getting into like how they were doing it um i did like the moment where, where the uh the, the priest, or either the priest or the cop, but the, the girl was like, oh, who wants the doll? It's fine now, it's been blessed. Uh, yeah. And they're all just like, eh, piss off, we want nothing to do with that thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Um, but that was the other thing, like, just to talk about weird cheap scares that don't make a whole lot of sense, is like, when the two teenage girls are under their bed sheet at night and they've got the light on and they're just, they're, they're, I don't know, talking about boys and making fun of the, like, what the new yeah. place they're in and whatnot. Uh, and they have that thing where they think it's the, the, the you know, the mother, Mrs. Mullen, who's, like, snuck outside the sheet. And then, like, the scare itself is fairly well handled, but I'm not really sure what the point of the scare... Like, just from the demon's perspective, if that makes sense. Like... Yeah. Like... Because at, at no other point in the movie does it it does it pretend to be a fully grown woman. At no point in that movie, other than that one scene, does it do that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a little weird. Um, I, I do kind of like that there is a weird, like they almost had their own urban legend or something in the house uh, I, I did kind of like that mm. but um i mean unless the the demon is playing off their fears maybe but uh, again maybe. like you said it's kind of hard because but i think there doesn't seem to be many rules i, I think that's what's weird about it though is like like you say like if they developed that a bit further and like, like if, if they actually made this urban legend that like mrs mullen was like some creepy yeah. person they were scared of her like if the ghost was playing up in that and was like every so often, you know, adding to that fear, and maybe if they built that up to something, but they don't really do that. Like the dad comes in, like you know, Mister Mullen comes in, like right after the scene, and he's like, "That's impossible. She's not walked in years," and then it's never brought up again. Yeah, like no one ever talks about the possibility that she's up to well, something or she's otherworldly. Oh, it, actually, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was another thing that drove me crazy was like all. You, you know not i guess not all because like kind of two middle-aged girls didn't really seem to have anything happen to them uh, but 
like the younger girls. Uh, just, and... just to clarify, when he says middle aged, he doesn't mean like forty something. Oh, he right. means <laughs> he means in between the, the younger girls and the teenage yeah. girls. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're like twelve ish, say, yeah. not even twelve. Um, it, it was kind of weird that they really like don't seem to have anything happen. But um, I did find it strange that you know the other girls basically they all have kind of their own experiences but no one ever seems to talk to one another and go hey what the hell is going on in this house hey maybe we should stick together and you know not be like left alone because yeah. a lot of crazy stuff is going you know, down I, th- I think that's maybe part of my problem with the third act and it, it kind of goes back because we did child's play three last week and one of my complaints with that was I never felt like the, the kids in the movie teamed up. And I feel like maybe this would have benefited if like all the girls who were like, you know, other than the possessed one all said, right, we need to stick together and yeah. try and do something. Like that may have been a lot of fun. Uh yeah. for the final. Yeah, like that stuff where the uh, basically like the four you know, other girls that aren't the the main characters are kind of running off and doing their own thing, and that's when they, you know, encounter the scarecrow and whatnot. That stuff is fun, but yeah, it probably could have had more meaning or impact. Yeah, if... like, it's fun, but it kind of feels like it's just there so we can have more scares rather than actually yeah. doing anything for the story. Like, was it actually adding to the plot, really? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> really nothing, went. yeah. Um, um, and it's funny because they go through the whole thing and they all survive. Like, all on the possessed girl who's disappeared. Mm-hmm. All the other five and, and the nun all survive. And it kind of feels like throughout the entire experience, most of them never interacted with, like, you know, like the four girls, the four other girls were in a group, sure, but it never felt like they interacted with the other one or with the sister. It felt like they were all kind of separate for the most part. Um, so even though they all went through it, it didn't really feel like they went through it together, if that makes sense. Oh, sure. And I think yeah. that robbed the ending of feeling like they'd all survived this together. And it was, I don't know. Is it, and maybe that's a weird complaint. I, like, like, no, I, say, I think it's valid. Like I say, like, I think it's much better than the first one. I think there's a lot going for it, but there's also a lot of things that are just a little bit off. There's a lot of things where it's got good ideas, there's some good ideas that are well executed, then there's some that aren't so well executed, and then there's some things that feel like, like I say, the exposition dump. I thought after the exposition dump, I thought it was weird how quickly Mrs. Mullen died. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they, they I, just... I was actually surprised both that both the parents yeah. died. Because they, they go to the her room and she's just like, you know, the bottom half of her body's missing, she's like hanging up in the wall. And I was like, okay, I guess that happened. Yeah. It just felt kind of weird, like, you know, when? <laughs> I mean, seems like it may have been interesting to, uh, to at least hint that that happened or something. I yeah. don't know. I think definitely, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that probably would have bothered me a lot more in a, a lesser movie. But at least in this, I think um, it, it was handled well, um, at least for the most part. In fact, that no, I can kind of, of ignore some stuff. No, I'm thinking about it. Right? So, the, so the ghost whole thing, and that's what's the same in the first movie as well, is that it wants a soul, right? And it says that to uh, Janice early on, and you get the impression that once she's possessed, once, once the demon's possessed her, that the demon's got the soul. He, he's got what he wanted, kind of thing. Um, so why is he actually still terrorizing like you know these six or seven other people who are around? What was the goal <sighs> at that point? Like it's kind of. I mean that's the thing with demons, Pete. They they're never satisfied. I don't know. I I, I think it's just maybe just a little bit ill-defined. I guess is, is I feel like yeah. I wasn't quite sure what the direction was supposed to be in the last half of the movie because what once it got control of the girl, I'm like, okay, what's what was the direction now? And I never really feel like it made it clear. It was just like chaos and scary things are happening, and there's not really yeah. a direction to go in. Yeah, it definitely could have been better. Um, 
and then by the way when she gets possessed in you know she has the demon or, or whatever over her and it like vomits like black goo you know into you know basically her face and her mouth and stuff mm. uh that reminded me of something i can't place my finger on it but wasn't there something where recently like people possess you in a very similar way or did we watch something that was similar like that uh we definitely did because i remember as well but i can't quite oh. oh wait is it uh actually wait no i think it literally just came to me uh the the evil dead remake no the kind of reminiscent of that no there was a lot of blood vomiting in that but that wasn't how they okay they possessed each other um, but there was something rec- there was something we watched really recently that was like Jeez. this <laughs> where there was vomiting into the other person's mouth and that, oh. that possessed them or transferred whatever it was um, okay that's annoying now but yeah sorry <laughs> it's not original is I guess the point uh, yeah not that everything has to be original I just for all the things it does well there's just a lot of things that it doesn't quite get right either and it leaves it left me feeling a bit frustrated and it it left me like every time it was like it was getting to me like like you know when Linda's like got that toy gun that's, that shoots the ball mm-hmm. and she gets scared so she's aiming it into the darkness and she fires it out and she she rains it back in she fires it out winds it back and she fires it out and then it tightens and so, as if something's holding it and I'm like that was yeah. a great scene but then it would do something after that where I'm like okay I'm not really like, I don't get the motivations now as, yeah. for a lot of, and it was just it kept doing that to me throughout the movie especially in the second half. Uh, and I kind of at the end I felt kind of look warm more than I had I, I think had it stayed as good as it did in the first like say half hour I think I'd have been a hell of a lot more positive in this review whereas as I am now that we're kind of wrapping up and we're getting to ratings uh, I guess I'll jump in with mine I, I think I think I'm th- I'm hitting them like a 6 for this oh. which is my, I mean I give the first one a 3 so we've doubled, <laughs> we've doubled in quality I think that's yeah. you know fair uh, okay it, I mean, I, I think um, – I, I don't think you're crazy. Uh, like I said, I like it a lot, but I do recognize that there are definite flaws in it, and I have some complaints uh, myself. But uh, again, a lot of what I like uh, outweighed that, but it's still shy of me loving it. So I'm going to go higher uh, with a 7.5. So Oofed. good, but not – you know. Uh, just shy of like usually an eight is when I was like, oh my god, I love it. Uh, and it's not that. That's that's fair. There you go. Um, so that's Annabelle creation. Uh, you can let us know what you thought of it if you've seen it yourselves in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, you can have it at patreon.com slash mailfuzz. Uh, TV and have a look over there see all the things that's on offer Uh, but otherwise guys that is us so thank you very much for watching once again keep watching scary movies and we'll see you next time